Hey everyone, Jacko here. Before we kick off with today's podcast, just wanted to let you know about a brand new training program we've just launched, literally just launched this morning in the virtual classroom, and that is Bodyweight Basics. We're really excited about this one, and it also kicks off our Black Friday deal, which starts from today, running till Sunday. You get 50% off all of our training programs using the code Black Friday. Bodyweight Basics, this brand new one, is only £25. And with this code, you're going to get 50% off it. So it's only £12.50. Or you can get 50% off any of the programs inside the virtual classroom. Equally, we've got some brand new memberships as well. So you can get Bodyweight Basics or any of the other programs as part of those new membership programs. We'd really love it if you would go over and check out the brand new program, Bodyweight Basics. Links are in the show notes, so you can click straight through into the virtual classroom and check out the contents uh, for it. Please do go over, check it out, uh, either before, now, pause the podcast and then come back to it, or enjoy the podcast and then head over to the virtual classroom and check out that brand new training program, Bodyweight Basics, and get involved and grab yourself a bargain in our Black Friday deal with 50% off all of those training programs inside the virtual classroom with code Black Friday. We couldn't have made it any simpler on Black Friday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for for all of your support, and uh, we'll see you very, very soon. Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. It's podcast time, and today we are talking about defining strength and how to maximize it. It's something, it's a topic that um, gets asked, with questions we get asked about a lot, and so we wanted to open it up as a topic and try to sort of uh, once and for all defeat the question of how do I get stronger or even what do I mean by strength and the different types of strength. So we're going to delve into that. We're going to delve into Tim's mind and he's going to showcase what a little bit, because partly of what you're currently or what we're both doing, a little block of maximal strength and how that fits in. Yeah, I was just slightly intimidated by the fact that you said that once and for all, definitively, we're going to define <laughs> how to get strong, something which has been a subject in training and strength and conditioning Forever. for some time. Um, you always say building strength is easy. It is. There you go. Relatively. And we're going to find Depends out how. how complex you want to go. We're going to find out how in this podcast. So we'll kick off with this one, post-jingle, on just defining why I think that strength training is, or getting strong is easy. And that what the context of that is always around, if you move well, Strength is about progressive overload. So if you are a average kind of gym goer, trained a bit, done a lot of other things over time, building strength is easy if you present yourself with a new stimulus and some progressive overload. So if you train the right variables, if you are progressively trying to move that forward each week and you're starting over a period of time of months, potentially years, of building this kind of strength training background, it is relatively easy to get people to get strong because it's just a matter of creating a stimulus which the body will then adapt to. Where it gets more complicated and we get more complex methods is if we're starting to go to the, to the greater extremes and we think about the law of diminishing returns, the stronger you get, the harder it is to get stronger relatively. So for powerlifters, you'll, you'll see a lot of, if you take those from the strongest guys in the world and those three movements that they train, 
if you wanted to start to put 10 kilos on a 200 kilo squat, it's going to be pretty difficult and you're going to need to use some more novel methods to be able to do that. So it's all relative yes. and it, it sits in that kind of normal distribution curve. But effectively, if you're untrained or haven't got a great training history or you commit to a progressive process and you're in the main kind of middle proportion, then it's relatively easy to get strong. If you're at the top end of that and you're looking for like Olympic weightlifters will win by half a kilo or, or two and a half kilos, then it gets a lot more yeah. difficult. Oh, but we often get questions from people as well, that like um, they might be finding it difficult to actually build strength for their first pull-up, but it might be more to do with managing um, that progressive overload you talked about or somebody that's hit just a plateau with their training and they're either doing a certain number of, you know, they can do... Uh, 12 pull-ups but they they can't do any more or they can do a 10 kilo pull-up but they just can't um can't break through that plus they've hit a point where they probably need a new stimulus they've they've been doing the same thing and they're, they're not they're not seeing any um, improvement because effectively they're now they've stopped progressively overloading because they're just doing the same thing and what got them to where they are now isn't necessarily going to be a thing that's going to take them forward further forward so um just so there's just yeah just there's some context there around when Tim says this is easy it, in in one environment it is and in another it can be slightly yeah. more complicated and ultimately it requires work and that's where people get mistaken with strength training is they don't put enough time into it and, well, and managing your rest and recovery yeah. that's the other thing because if you don't get those two things right then you you're not going to be able to then yeah. apply your progressive overload. Yeah, the two real simple principles is you're not going to get strong in three weeks, relatively, due to adaptation, and you're not going to get strong whilst you're in the gym. So you're going to need to do more work over a consistent period of time. And often that might, rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to do three weeks of this exercise, that'll get me strong. I mean, you might need to be thinking about three months or even a year of starting to progressively overload. And what I mean by not getting strong in the gym is you're not adapting whilst you're in the gym. You get your stimulus in the gym and then you go to bed or relax and recover. And that's when the adaptation takes place. So it is that constant balance of stimulus and then adaptation and allowing that adaptation to take place. So I'm going to give some credits to uh, one one question that came in to sort of spark this conversation, um, which is Simon Froggart Seven from Instagram, um, and he said he got it right because he said gents love algorithm, <laughs> gents. We haven't talked about the podcast algorithm how to get your questions. We've got bogged down while. and being serious. That's and, uh, why. So people, those those that know know, and he <laughs> knows. Gents, I love listening to the podcast, and those that don't know, you can probably tell now that. If you do something like that, it's going to get your question on. Yeah, our algorithm is way less complicated than Instagram. <laughs> it's basically both of and I, Jacko, like words of affirmation. So send those in. And basically, basically, really, really insecure, um, not confident in our own abilities and bodies. <laughs> and we just need okay, someone to say. Wind it back, wind it back. <laughs> okay, go. Don't sound too much. Up. Strength, increasing strength. So Simon Proggett, 77, on Instagram, got himself into the algorithm by saying, I love listening to the podcast. Um, and his question around the best way to train for increasing strength. And then he lists a number of different um, movements and things that he's working towards upper body lower body literally how to basically how do i improve the strength of everything um so that's the question um just quickly for simon i would say it can be difficult to try and do everything so pick your pick your wit so almost like pick your key things you want to improve on and whilst you're doing that think about are there some things i can get stronger at 
that are going to knock over a couple of other things. So me personally at the moment going into a, a block of um, maximal strength work, Tim will go into this in a bit more detail, but I'm targeting pull-ups, weighted pull-ups and weighted dips because I know that the weighted pull-ups are going to um, tick off muscle-ups, they're going to tick off front lever work for me in terms of the strength, base level strength that I want for that. My dips for my pushing work, even like for a handstand push-up, even though it's a different thing, it's still tricep, it's still... Um, anterior delt and that's going to help me with um, those pressing exercises so um, rather than trying to work on six different things I'm narrowed mine down to two and I would just encourage Simon to do the same thing it's not that you're not working on those things but they're not actually going to be like your in weightlifting you might talk about key lifts where you go like these are my key things and they're going to help knock over some of these other dominoes that I want to have ticking over at the same time so in terms then, Tim, defining strength, when someone says they want to get stronger, I like this question. What do they mean? Because I'm one of those really annoying coaches that would then turn that back and go, well, what do you mean by strong? And you, I, and you know what I'd say? I'd go, why? <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, no. Right, so to contextualize that a little bit, a power lifter is strong. They can lift a huge amount of weight once. Effectively, Olympic lifters are strong. But the opposite end of the spectrum, I'd say that a climber is strong because mm. they can manipulate their body. They can move their body mass better than anybody else that I can really think of in those key sp- um, positions. It's incredibly good strength-to-weight um, ratio and can do it in some pretty awkward positions. Mm. And they can do it for a long period of time. So if you're going to go and climb um, a pitch that is going to take you maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes, you have to be strong for 30 or 40 minutes. A powerlifter needs to be strong for three seconds typically, maybe five. So first of all, understanding what strength is and then what do you want to get stronger at? And uh, often, as, as Jacko said, if you're trying to spin too many plates, getting stronger can look like potentially conflicting demands. So I want to get stronger because I'm doing this thing which requires a 20-minute effort. I'm doing a hit session. I'm doing, let's take CrossFit as an example. I've got a, a, a workout which is a, a more of a conditioning type or metabolic conditioning is now the, the, the popular term for that sort of thing. Or you want to go and do something where I want to improve my deadlift or I want to do a muscle-up. Those two types of strength are going to be quite different. And how you train them, therefore, needs to be different. So the first point is, can you get both at the same time? Well, typically, yes, if you want to kind of use a mixed periodization model. So you might be training maximal strength on a Monday. And that being focused on the peak force that you can produce. How much weight or how much load can you move as, as a, the biggest, uh, the largest amount? And then you might do more conditioning type work or metabolic conditioning, even some hypertrophy for muscle development on a Wednesday. And that's probably going to have a more volume approach. And that's then going to be a bit more around capacity strength. Can you stay stronger for longer, but you're not going to be lifting the same amount of weight as you are in a maximal strength session as you're going to be doing in a conditioning type session just by our the percentage repetition max. So the relationship between volume and intensity. You can't lift super heavy weights a lot just doesn't work. And then also you can't lift or you can. What's the way around from that? I've lost my train of thought. Well, it's just making me think of like strongman, you know, like a strongman yeah. competition. It's almost like it would be, because it's all the context of it is basically, is one of the things that you're saying that, because even if you talk about like lifting up a 200 kilo um, Atlas stone, well, I ain't got a hope in hell of doing that. Like I'm not going to do it. I'm not strong enough. But then someone else who's ridiculously strong, it then becomes a, you know they can they can rep that thing out and it reminds me of um it re- reminds me uh when we were talking to ross edgley 
who was trying to before it was it was it before he'd done his swim around the UK, but he'd been trying to sort of um, diminish the idea that you can't be strong, you can't do like strength and endurance work at the same time. And he'd done a, a number of different things, and one of them was like pulling a um, a car around a racetrack for the dist of mar- a marathon distance. So a maximal strength sort of thing. How you know what he was pulling. But then doing it for that amount of time, and but this is then relative because for, to Ross to, to move that weight, and you're right, the truck yeah. pull, for example, yeah. it's all a relative. That that isn't a, a maximal effort rep. Yeah, because, because he's can, so strong yeah. that he can move an aeroplane, or not Ross, but like he can pull yeah. a car for a marathon because it's relatively light work for him to be able to do it. If that was a double decker bus full of people there's no chance he's going to move that weight for a marathon because yeah. it then sits more on that maximal strength component. But Strongman is a great example. I love watching Strongman. I think it's one of the best things on Christmas television in the UK. You just get to see some huge from the dudes. Grinch. You like the Grinch? Uh, yeah, that's... yeah, that's My favourite is... Um, what's my favourite? Elf. Elf, that's it, yeah. <laughs> it's Strongman. It's just you get to see a little bit of everything, but they're ultimately massive dudes. And are they going to run a marathon? No. Are they going to be good at climbing? Probably not. Because <laughs> they're six foot eight, ten, and weigh, I don't know, 150 kilos. But and you see how hard they have and to that's work. A skinny, to do a, that's a skinny strongman at one fifty. Yeah, to do like thirty second like event is absolute. That's cardio for yeah. them. Um, so it's all relative. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying. So you understand what it is you're trying to achieve. Can you get strong and have endurance at the same time? To Ross's point, yes, but it's always going to be relative to, to the amount of force you're trying to produce and for the time duration that you're going to try and produce yeah. it for. I'd just like to say that just the context of that just highlights what we talk about all the time. It's relative to you. So when you're you're thinking about strength, just make sure it's relative to you and what Tim's going to go and divulge into now. Just make sure you are then using whatever type of strength training is necessary for you to meet you where you're at and work towards the goal that you're working for. Whilst we know you are probably really enjoying the podcast, there's something else that we think you will also really enjoy. And that is the virtual classroom. If you're a beginner, we have got an eight-week free beginner's program designed to help you start your calisthenics journey where you're going to learn how to move better, get superhuman strong, and have a lot of fun along the way. If you're ready to take your training to the next level and learn some of the iconic calisthenics movements like a frog to handstand or a muscle up, then inside the virtual classroom you are going to find all the training programs and educational information that you need. But rather than keeping you from the podcast for any longer than necessary, head over to schoolofcalisthenics.com where you're going to find a bodyweight training resource which is different to anything else available anywhere. Tim, I think they're ready to get back to the podcast. So if we get into the conversation around getting stronger... We have different training phases. So, very broadly speaking, we might have a, a more of endurance type or strength endurance. I, I often, when I program, have a phase pre that, which is called stabilization endurance, which is a lot around sort of kinetic chain integration, isolated strength work, potentially stabilization systems. Where what the focus of that is, is to try and train type one muscle fibers. So we use certain positions, which mean we can do that. And the type one and type two, just to differentiate, Again, there's, there's a couple of different classes, but at a top level, a type one muscle fiber is an endurance fiber. Typically, smaller muscles closer to the joint provide stability and endurance and maintain postural control. So when I'm training that phase, what I'm looking for is to try and improve and lay, uh, improve the stabilization control around a joint, improve postural control and lay some foundations on which I can then ramp some more horsepower down the line. 
you may have heard this analogy I've used before, is if you want a, if you if you kind of put a, a Ferrari engine in a, let's say, a, a Kia, whatever, or well, a Fiat Panda, which is what we got at Mike's gym recently, which is an awful <laughs> car, if anybody's out there. Um, yeah, we're looking I hope you've not got one, but <laughs> well, you're we didn't car, enjoy it. We've got... Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we um, if you try and put a Ferrari engine in that car, you're probably not going to get out of the parking lot before it's blown up. <laughs> well, you were spinning the wheels up that hill, even without the, with the yeah. one point with the 900cc engine that was in it. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> Whereas if I build a chassis of a Ferrari first, I can put a much bigger engine there. I can build the horsepower into that. So what I want to do with these phases early doors is build stabilization strength, which allows me to then build a chassis which can then take more horsepower down the line when I want to go and do my max strength or, or power work. You've also then got your strength endurance phase, which is a bit more about volume. We're going to start to try and train the muscle under fatiguing conditions. That's typically going to push us to more like a lactic threshold or lactate threshold type area where we're starting to feel that burn, that kind of lots of volume. We might superset exercises, put triceps in there, minimal rest, moderate level of intensity. And it's just like, imagine running 400 meters. It's that grotty, fairly unpleasant distance, which sits between endurance and then pure, like more kind of forms of strength. Like 12 reps is equivalent for me over 400 meters. It feels like that uncomfortable phase. And that, that range there would be sort of eight to 12 reps. And somebody would be sat there going, oh, well, I've seen hypertrophy or muscle development is more like six to 10. So we're going to have this crossover of these different strength adaptations depending on what the rep range we use. And just because a textbook says 12 doesn't mean that that's strictly now a stabilization or endurance exercise because you can use 12 reps with the right tempo to get a more um, sort of mechanical or metabolic stress from a hypertrophy yeah. end of things it's always like it's this this kind of like spectrum of, of how yeah. we're going to train and rather than I'm just thinking of this term because we're doing our coaching seminar this weekend where you talk about reductionism and not th- those reps and sets and associated um, adaptations we reduce it down to uh, these reps mean this and these reps mean that and so like what happens at rep 13 compared to 12 is not like all of a sudden no one 13 Dave <laughs> sorry Take that back. Like no one does seven. <laughs> well, unless you're doing unless you're doing twenty ones. Well, yeah, true. And then we all know what. <laughs> yeah, but, but just yeah. but the idea that like this is a we see these numbers written down in a textbook with their associated adaptations, and we have to appreciate that there's. It makes sense when you say it out loud like that. It's like well, of course, because all of a sudden, like if five is max strength and six is hypertrophy, well, I must when I'm training five, I must be getting some amount of hypertrophy. Exactly, yeah. Equally, like yes, it's maybe. We're trying to do it's a bit more of a neural recruitment drive, but guy, if you do five fives all the time, you're still going to get pretty get big, big muscles yeah, as yeah. well. They look at powerlifters, are big guys, yeah. and they'll do a lot of that that sort of work. Um, and I just just your point there, like imagine going to the gym, we mate. What are we doing today? Nine reps. <laughs> what are you thinking? Why nine? Why not? Well, exactly. I did nine the other day. I just saved one. I was going to do tens. I kept one in the locker. Just to finish that last slide of the spectrum of different training, so we've got a stabilization endurance, which is a term that some people may have heard of, some not. It's um, part of my education background from National Academy of Sports Medicine. They use that phase, which I really like. Strength endurance, hypertrophy, muscle development, maximal strength, and power. Maximal strength is a very neural adaptation, and we're effectively focusing on how much force we can get that muscle to produce. And we won't go into the detail of physiology around that, how that happens, but it's typically about lifting much higher intensity 
um, rep ranges, so one to five. And we want them to use between 100% one rep max, so the most amount of weight you can lift for one rep, and probably 85% at our five repetition max, 85% of your one RM. So put it into simple turns. How many sets are we looking at? Four to six, typically. Um, without necess- without significant drop-off in fatigue. So set six of, of a five rep max. Sorry, you probably wouldn't do it that way around. Let's take set four of a five repetition max. If your last set, you can only do three reps. Like you, 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 you need to just think you're about not, moderating that load You're basically not, you're working at a higher percentage yeah. of your one RM than you is you're one. actually. Yeah. yeah, it gets kind of murky when you get into that about how you would adapt it. Um but yeah, effectively, if, we, if we're starting to think about those kind of adaptations, we need longer rest periods and we're starting to focus on, on that, that, that amount of weight that we can lift. And the, the power one, we won't get bogged down in power today. Yeah, we'll keep a little bit more complicated. So reps... Yeah, the question wasn't how to get powerful. That's a separate podcast. He did ask about how to increase his sprint speed as well, but he wants it all. He wants it all, Tim. I want it all. I want to be strong and be fast and I want to so reps and sets you covered. Um, you just said they're about longer rest times. What are those rest periods? And then in a snapshot, like just physiologically, physiologically, why? Yeah. So an endurance type work, so our stabilization endurance, our strength endurance phases, we're typically going to be anything between zero and 60 seconds. I would have thought keeping them short. The idea again, to, to create the stress, which the body's going to um, then respond to accordingly. So you, if we're trying to take, train endurance, we want to make sure that we're not giving the body too much rest because it won't adapt to it. If we're going hypertrophy, depending on the variables that you're using, you're probably between 60 seconds and two minutes, I would have thought. And then if you're looking at strength training, maximal strength work, you're probably thinking about um, two, they say roughly two minutes, you've got 90% recovery. So, but the typical, if you see a textbook, it will say three to five because you're looking for full replenishment of your ATCP. Um, system effectively short bursts of high intensity work takes between three and five minutes to fully recover and as we said the point before around the the, the reason why the rest periods are longer and therefore every set needs to be on point those two things go together we need enough recovery to continue to train at the intensity to get the right adaptation if your intensity drops off because you're not allowing yourself enough rest period you're not creating the stimulus that you which you set out wanting to achieve in the first place yeah so i think this is where it starts to become really interesting and and challenging a little bit for people not just physically to go and then do it but mentally to actually stick to those variables people if, hate max strength training because yeah. they're like well i don't want to sit around the gym for three minutes i'm like well you don't want the adaptation enough then because yeah. that's what it, it takes so the um we're talking about max strength now where you are doing those one to five reps, you're doing four to six sets, we're having three, possibly even up to five minutes rest in between those sets. Um, because you've talked about a phrase you've coined recently or of, of, of late of strength and abundance. If you have on your key, on your key movements, your key lifts, like, you know, if, if just take muscle-ups, for example, if my pull-up strength is stronger, my maximal pulling strength, that is going to make those muscle-ups an awful lot easier. It's going to make my front lever easier and anything that's going to involve that pulling. So um, that's what we're going to just like really nail down now and you've got an ex- you're doing a little bit now as a good example. And I just want to say to people that the challenge then comes that if we're taking five minutes rest between a set, even if you don't um, consider how long it takes you to do your set of, five reps or three reps or whatever, and you're going to do five sets, 
that's 25 minutes of effectively rest you're going to do in the gym and we need to get our head around that and what often people will ask is um and i sometimes do this but i know it comes at a cost of going like in my rest period what can i go and do this that or the other and it's like well you can but just know that then that is going to affect what you're going to do afterwards even if it's just your um you're doing some hip mobility for example that's one of the things that i like to do in between but i know it comes at a cost that my max strength work is going to be slightly compromised but i'm happy to take that because i want to work on those two things together but if i'm wanting to be pure 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 just focus on that for a session i'm probably going to set aside half an hour for me to do my pull-ups and I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that rest. And I'm going to do nothing in between other than fully rest. And just know that, just accept that. I'm lo- and don't think of it as losing. I just nearly said it there. Half an hour is I'm I'm using that half an hour to get stronger. Optimizing at this yep. my time. Op- exactly. Yeah. Um, so you're doing. You're you're going. Yeah. You've done one. Re- you've literally shared a bit on social media recently. Um, a couple of things from me then to to ask you is, how long is this block going to last you for roughly? Um, and so if people know that context, yeah. so how long, how long might you stay in this for? It's not like you're going to do it for one week. Um, and you've got a magic way of doing <laughs> it. Um, and then, yeah, what's, what's a typical session then looking like for you so that people can, if they want to improve their strength to weight ratio by increasing their maximal strength, um, which is going to help with all of your body weight and calisthenics goals, what can they, what should they be doing? Yeah. So I actually put a workout of the week in the virtual classroom around this quite recently, um, which was two different ways to test. So if we're going to understand again, so your strength endurance baseline test could be how many pull-ups can you do in one sitting without getting letting go of the bar. That's going to give you a good understanding or baseline endurance marker. The other one option is going to be around a strength test. And this might form part of a a one, two, three, four, five repetition max. So I want to see how much weight I can do on my pull-up for a a repetition max. Just a word of warning on that one. A 1RM is quite costly. When when we're training athletes, we don't often use a 1RM because the risk-reward of that is pretty, like, it's not great because of the amount of stress they're under. And that might be something like a squat. Get a 1RM squat could come at a slightly too high cost in terms of recovery, but also risk of of injury. So a three or a five repetition max is going to give us a good little indicator. So for for me the other week, or last week, I jumped up on the bar and I was working towards a three RM. So I started off with about 20 kilos, did my three reps, felt okay, and then started to progressively add more weight until I couldn't complete three repetitions. If, for example, we can get very specific around this and say we have to do three, but ultimately, if you try a set for three and you end up with two, you can then still go to the repetition max calculator and say, I did 30 kilos for two repetitions. What does that mean? My one RM estimated one repetition max is going to be, and it'll probably be something like 32 kilos. And then it will give you every repetition or every percentage Um, intensity level so it might go so if you're going to do 85% of your 1RM you need to use 26 kilos which is what mine was so I did three reps at 30 32 kilo 1RM was the equivalent and then my 85% rep max um, was 26 kilos and I'm going to use 26 kilos for five repetitions four sets at 85% that's week one Next week will then be the level is I'm gonna without looking at the numbers, I'm gonna guess it's probably gonna be about 28 kilos, and I'm gonna do four reps, and I'm gonna go five sets, and that's gonna be a 90% of my rep max. 
week three will then be three repetitions, six sets, and I'm going to target. Um, let's let's say it's going to be something like a 29, um, a 29 kilo pull up for three repetitions, which is roughly going to be around my sort of 93. I might have got those numbers a little bit out, yeah. but you get the idea that yeah. we're progressively overloading. So I'm going from 85 percent RM, 90 percent, 93 percent, and that's going to put me down roughly into my sort of three repetition max ranges. If I choose to do twos and ones, I'll take that that decision later on. So it's real simple, real simple programming. I did a set last night on Sunday evening, and I just jumped up and I did four sets, five reps at 26, and that was my session. Rested well in between, and my markers of that are, can I then hit all of those sets at that intensity? And if I've done my testing well, when I come to hit four sets, or five reps at four sets, I should be on the money. If my testing was good and my rest periods are good, then I should be able to go pretty close to getting five reps at 85%, which yeah. has been the experience so far. Yeah. And so for not every, those those um, rep max estimates, they are estimates, not everybody's pyramid. So just because me and Tim, say, could both do 30 kilo for five, when we what that estimated is at one, if we were actually tested our one, they might not actually be the same because there is yeah. some variance. So I would just say to people, don't stress out if you are don't either way don't hit the normally you will stress out if if you're if you go and do your intensity and you don't quite make it don't stress out about that. It's just that your your pyramid is maybe a little bit flatter or a little bit steeper. Equally, if that found it easy then you can adjust it the next week to go, actually, I did my 26 kilos and I actually felt pretty easy. We'll nudge it on. And small amounts though, like little biscuits, we call them, like the tiny little weights in the gym. They might be 1.25 kilo or you might have even tiny little Jaffa cakes that are like half a kilo, whatever you've got in your gym or at your disposal. If you've got um, one of the weighted vests that were that are on the sh- available on the shop, you'll see that they've got one kilo um, weights in them and you can take, if you've got them all in, it's 20 kilos, but you can take them out one at a time so you can adjust it by literally one kilo, which is perfect That's for this type of thing. Bang on for me because I've got, I've got 10 kilos around my waist on a belt and then I'm using the vest to add one on at a time so yeah. I've got real kind of quite good manipulation over, over I, what I want and I'm bad for this of like and so there'll be definitely more than one person I'm sure out there and they're probably all guys I don't think it's a sexist comment but we <laughs> where you're like well the like, the the most I'm the, like the minimum amount I'm going to change my weight to pull up by is five kilos <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. isn't the way Big to jump. do progressive overload you, you need to use the little biscuits in between so it's it, when it comes down to how do you get strong it, it, it really is based on that and that's quite a scientific approach but the real benefit is I've got a baseline marker I know how strong I was on a given day I can then go and do my training blocks and then when I feel good I can retest and when you retest it might be that my pull up goes from 30 to 32 on a 3RM and you go two reps isn't a lot if you stick that in we always calculate things in in sports so yeah two kilos yeah if you're if we often in sport will then calculate percentages out of those numbers yeah. always give it back to an athlete in percentage because it looks and better. feels a lot better than going it's only two kilos you pick up two kilos and go it's nothing but flip it into percentage terms you might get five percent improvement and you go well that's not bad for a six-week block potentially yeah. yeah well three yeah three on that one three kilo would be ten percent and ten percent's yeah. like oh crikey i'll bite your hand off at ten percent exactly so and and the uh, to jacko's question about how long the block lasts it depends and i'll, I'll definitely do four weeks yeah, I was going to say, minim- what's the minimum then, if it depends? It always depends. Yeah, it, I, I wouldn't, if I was going to go into a max strength phase, and that was my objective, 
I would be looking at least two blocks of four yeah, weeks. Yeah. However, I have used, it would be wrong of me to say that I've done a four-week block of max strength with an athlete before as a primer for power because yeah. of what I'm going to next. But I'm not going to power afterwards. I'm, yeah. I'm focused on a strength adaptation. Because your power will have a heavy lifting of that yeah. nature anyway. And so. neurally, it just preps the system to yeah. go and respond better to power training, having increased your foundation force capacity so i'd be looking at minimum of eight with two deload weeks in you have to have deloads if you're going heavy and i'm going to try and lift heavy three times a week that's my focus i don't think i can get away with more than that from a recovery perspective if my wrists elbows and shoulders start having a bad time i'll drop it off yeah i know personally um i twice two heavy sessions that's me i can't I can't recover, and this is just, I know I've learned this over over many years, I will not recover for more than if I go, for, if I try to do, say, three heavy sessions. So two would be personally for me, but that's not to say I'm only going to train twice in the week. I'm just going to have some lower level stuff um, on the boil as well. Yeah. So that's a, a bit of a basic insight into it. Just to, to recap that, I mean, you can find the, the variables on, on any website. Um, we, we must have a blog. in the virtual classroom. We're in the virtual, yeah, of course. Um, but we also we must have a blog with... We need to put a blog up if we haven't. I think we probably have done somewhere. But we'll, um, we'll, we'll kind of have a look around for those. Understand what it is that you're trying to do. Understand if you want a lot of things, then understand that you're going to get have to spin quite a few plates and no single one of those is going to get your full attention. The focus of my training at the moment is maximal strength work, and that's everything's going that direction. Throughout that, I'll keep some other stuff ticking along. I'll keep my handstand work going. I'll keep some push work going. I'll keep the lower body stuff in there, but I'm not driving and pushing to try and build strength in those areas because by pushing hard with the pull-ups, that's going to take a lot of where I want my training focus to be and then also to allow myself to recover from that if i'm going hard at like some of the kind of i want to try my planche at the same time as doing maximal strength pull-ups i'm gonna have a difficult time balancing both those things off getting success in, in either and then also staying injury free the best way to get continue to get stronger is to be able to continually train at a good intensity so not more is not more often you need to just balance that out yeah and uh, i've just had a great idea in the for the the on the website where the podcast is sitting, we're going to put the uh, those variables on there so that you don't have to go and search anywhere else. Yeah, it's going to be on the actual website. If you're listening to this on iTunes, just hop over or Spotify or wherever you listen to it. Hop over onto the website and uh, bearing in mind, as long as everything goes to plan, this should be podcast 104. Ooh. That's just, that's a big call from me. All it's right. my job to try and organise these, and that's that is what the plan is. So um, you can then, and there'll be yeah, you'll see the podcast there, and we'll put the training variables in the sort of show notes of that. So my takeaway message is: understand what it is you're trying to train, train consistently, get your intensity right, and then reflect and review your training program to see if it's worked or not. And I'm going to leave it on that. So other than going away and working on your maximal strength. There's nothing else for you to do apart from say, class dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. And we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good. Keep it five. Five are the best. Five of your best stars, please. <laughs> 
And if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world. It's definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed. <laughs>